0: Happy Tuesday. Tuesday. My name is Nick. My name is Alan. And welcome into into the dungeon. dungeon. (laughs)
1: You have better a story to tell us about your upbringing, or your or your history, or your past. You have been awfully quiet. Yeah, I've just been thinking, you know, trying to remember stuff. Well, how, how is that going? What? How is the thinking going? I, I see a vein starting to protrude on on your forehead. Yeah, I'm just
0: trying to remember the, you know,
1: the finer details of mm. how I came here oh yes of course take your time alright I don't want you injuring yourself before we ascend the mountain
0: yeah well obviously you know mate I came down because the dragon got there so quite a tale oh yes I can't wait to hear it perhaps we learn
1: a thing or two about this dragon I wouldn't count on it now Fabian
0: don't underestimate our good friend Murgub here please continue Murgub well I won't bore you with my childhood upbringing I'll start where I think this damn business with the dragon began. The fateful day that the Anchorites came to Ice-By-Hold to bring warnings to our tribe. In the shadow of Ice-By-Hold, amidst the crumbling stones that once stood tall against the biting winds of the Sword Mountains, a dimly lit chamber echoes with the guttural growls and grunts of orcs. Kra, the hulking chieftain of the tribe sits upon a makeshift throne of jagged ice surrounded by the flickering glow of torchlight. The air is thick with the scent of sweat and burning embers. Kra is a massive specimen of orcish strength and ferocity. His hulking frame towers above his kin, standing at an impressive height of seven feet. Broad-shouldered and heavily muscled, Kra's physique is a testament to years of battle and hardship in the harsh environment of the Sword Mountains. His skin is a deep shade of olive green, weathered by the biting winds and unforgiving conditions of this mountainous terrain. Numerous scars, the souvenirs of countless skirmishers, crisscross his torso and arms, each telling a story of survival and dominance. His tusks, formidable and sharp, jut upward from his lower jaw, giving him a menacing and fearsome appearance. His eyes are a fiery shade of red and they burn with a fierce intensity that reflects the indomitable spirit within. Framed by a prominent brow, his gaze is both commanding and predatory, capable of striking fear into the hearts of those who dare oppose him. A tangled mass of dark hair falls down to his shoulders, adding to his wild and untamed visage. He sits on his makeshift throne, adorned in crude armor crafted from the bones of defeated foes and reinforced with scraps of scavenged metal. A warm cloak, fashioned from the fur of a formidable mountain beast, billows behind him, adding an aura of savage majesty to his presence. Yargaf and Moesko two anchorites of talos half orcs bearing the unmistakable mark of their divine allegiance stand in his presence Yaragov stands tall his piercing yellow eyes glinting with another worldly intensity his tusk protrude proudly from beneath a tangled mess of dark hair and his broad shoulders at formidable strength the clinking of metal and the rattling of bones decorate his attire a testament to his reverence for the god of storms likewise moesco is a towering figure standing at over six feet tall and weighing well over 200 pounds. His broad shoulders and muscular frame betray his orcish heritage, but his face and skin seem to pale, almost as if the life has been drained away from him. His skin is rough and weathered as though he has spent many years exposed to the elements and almost as if it were decomposing. His hair is a wild and unruly mass of thick, dark curls that seem to have a life of their own. His eyes are a piercing and intense, deep shade of green that seem to glow with an inner fire. The Orc gods present include Murkub as they shift uncomfortably, whilst the Anchorites enter, the very presence and affront to the brutish way of the Orc. Krar's eyes narrow as he regards the interlopers, his skepticism palpable.
2: Krar, mighty chieftain of the ruins of Ice, by a hold,
0: begins Yargaf in a voice that rumbles like distant thunder.
2: We come bearing warnings. And an offer of alliance from the circle of thunder.
0: Krag grunts in acknowledgment, leaning forward, his massive fists resting on the arms of his icy throne. Word has reached us, continues Mosko, his voice carrying an air of controlled authority.
3: That an adult white dragon descends upon the Sword Mountains. It has broken free from the chains of frost giant masters, and now makes its way down the coast. We offer you the strength of Talos, the fury of the storm, to face this threat together." Krar
0: grumbles, his skepticism evident.
2: Why should I ally with weaklings who rely on the whims of the gods and the magic that binds them? We orcs find strength in our own might, not in the fickle powers of the divine.
0: Yargav's eyes flash with a spark of annoyance, but he maintains composure.
2: the Circle of Thunder is a force to be reckoned with. Abandon, I spy a hold, and join us in the Neverwinter Woods. There at the Circle of Thunder we shall summon Gorthok, the Thunderbore to aid us in this coming storm.
0: Kra leans back, unimpressed.
2: And what do I gain from abandoning the hold, the very ground my tribe calls home?
0: Moesco steps forward. His gaze unwavering. We have plans to take the lighthouse near Leilong.
3: I shall personally oversee its capture and use it to bring down ships and plunder their supplies to bolster our cause. At the mention of the lighthouse,
0: Murkub shifts his weight but remains vigilant.
2: We were sent by Gadriel Reef River,
0: says Yargoth, Kra's eyes narrow further.
2: Gadriel Reef River is an elf.
0: Cross spits the words with disdain.
2: A half elf,
0: Yaragoff corrects.
2: I do not do business with elves, nor half elves.
0: Cross spits again with disdain. The anchorites exchange a glance, and Yaragoff sighs.
2: Gadriel Reef River was chosen by Ferali Stormsworn herself to lead the cult of Talos on the coast. She placed us here to forge alliances against the impending storm.
0: Kra grunts in response, his distaste evident. The conversation hangs heavy in the air, the clash of cultures and ideologies resonating within the ancient stone walls of Icebyhold. Hold. As the tension lingers in the icy chamber, Kra's massive frame leans forward, his bloodshot eyes fix on the anchorites. Murugub stands at attention. A palpable air of unease radiating from him. The torchlight flickers, casting dancing shadows on the worn frost-covered walls.
2: Godria Reef River may have been chosen by Ferali Stormsworn, but I care not for politics of elves and half elves.
0: Kra grumbles, his gravelly voice echoing throughout the chamber.
2: We orcs find strength in our own ways, not in the whims of distant gods.
0: The Undeterred by Kra's disdain, steps forward, his stance unwavering.
2: Chieftain Kra, hear us out. The white dragon that descends upon the Sword Mountains is a force beyond the reckoning of mere mortals. It threatens not only the ruins of ice by a hold, but the very essence of this land.
0: Moesco raises his staff, and a low hum of magic resonates throughout the chamber. The air crackles with energy as storm clouds gather within the confines of the room, a visual manifestation of the anchorite's connection to the divine forces they serve. Kra, we are not weaklings seeking refuge in gods, Moesco declares, his voice cutting through the crackling energy.
3: We wield the power of Talos, the lord of storms, as a weapon against the impending darkness. Together we can face the dragon and emerge victorious. And once we do, we march on to Funderland.
0: Kras' eyes narrow further, his scepticism etched deep in the furrows of his weathered brow.
2: And what would I gain from such an alliance? Abandoning Ice by a hold is no small matter, you know.
0: Yaragov gestures to the map laid out on a crude table, indicating the trajectory of the dragon's descent. The ruins of
2: Ice by a hold may be your home but it will crumble beneath the might of the dragon. We propose a strategic retreat to the Circle of Thunder in the Neverwinter woods. There, under the watchful gaze of Talos, we shall summon Gorthok, the Thunderbolt, to aid us in the coming storm. With your might and our magic, we can use the Circle and Gorthok to wreak havoc on Thunderling and Lylong.
0: Mowesco takes over,
3: outlining their plans with meticulous detail. The lighthouse near Leylong is a crucial point. With its capture, I can use the power of storms to bring down ships. With these resources, we can fortify the Circle and use it to take over this land. Kra grunts, contemplating the proposition.
0: Murgob remains stoic, his eyes scanning the surroundings for any signs of danger. The icy walls seem to close in amplifying the weight of the decision hanging in the air.
2: The Circle of Thunder is a sanctuary, a bastion against the chaos that approaches. Join us, and together we shall weather the
0: storm. Yadagath implores, his eyes locking with Kra's, But Kra, rooted in the tradition of the orcs, shakes his head. I do
2: not seek refuge in sanctuaries built on magic and prayers. I spy a hold has stood against countless threats and it shall not fall to the likes of a dragon. We will face it with the strength of our own might."
0: Yadagath's expression tightens, frustration evident in his gaze.
2: Kra, this is not a matter of strength alone. The dragon is a force of nature, a living tempest. Without the aid of Talos, your tribe will be swept away like leaves in the wind.
0: Kra rises from his icy throne, a towering figure of orcish strength.
2: Nature bows down to the might of the orcs. We will not cower before a dragon. I Hold is our home, and we will defend it with tooth and claw."
0: Moesco, sensing the hardened resolve of Kra, lowers his staff, dispersing the storm clouds
3: within the chamber. Chieftain, you underestimate the power of the storm. Talos's wrath can be harnessed to ensure the survival of your people. Kra, however remains unconvinced.
2: Survival earned through the reliance on gods is no survival at all. We stand alone and yielding against whatever comes our way.
0: Yadagoth, frustrated but resolute, takes a step back.
2: Very well Kra. The offer of alliance still stands, but we cannot force it upon you. If the dragon comes and your strength falters, remember that the Circle of Thunder would have welcomed you."
0: With those words, the anchorites turn to leave, the echoes of their heavy footsteps reverberating through the icy chamber. Kra watches them go, flicker of uncertainty in his gaze, quickly replaced by a steely determination. Murgub follows the departing figures with his eyes, subtle tension in his stance. The decision made by Kra will shape the destiny of the tribe, and the weight of that responsibility is not lost in the Orc Warrior. As the chamber door closes behind the Anchorites, the torchlight flickers once more, casting shadows that dance with the uncertainty of the impending storm. The ruins of Ice Spy Hole stand against the chill winds, and within its walls, the tribe prepares for the challenges that loom on the horizon, choosing the path of self reliance over the offered alliance of gods and magic. The Anchorites didn't seem pleased with Kra's refusal to abandon ice by hold and join them with the Circle of Thunder. A decision which has ended up costing the lives of several of my kin. It's a great shame that you lost your kin. Aye. But I'm sure your leader, he you must have
1: had the best interest, in heart.
0: I would like to think so, but he's a bit of a fixed golem. Hmm.
1: A trait that seems common in orcs. I don't know what you mean. Nothing, nothing, but I... A- did I understand correctly? They were also interested in attacking Lylon.
0: Yeah, well, you heard them. They took the tower. The same tower that you killed Moesco at, didn't you?
1: Yes, yes.
0: So it looks like they had already started. Hmm.
1: Perhaps we need to warn them. Well, I imagine there's none left now, but you never know.
0: I think we killed all the anchorites.
1: Yes, but what if there are cells of anchorites? Spread out through the Neverwinter woods. The woods are quite large, I'd have you know, and perhaps I can use it to, you know, clear my name in Lylon. If I come bearing news of what happened and just a warning of them to be wary, perhaps they will have me back.
0: That's possible. I imagine they've probably lost a few ships before we took care of Moesco. Yes. They might have killed all the anchorites, but... What about that half elf? I don't think we've come across her. Or that Feralai storm singer or whatever her name was.
1: Oh, oh, you're right. How how, how could have I missed that?
0: So they had a leader. Someone that was calling the shots. Yeah, I've never met her, but those anchorites you killed at the Circle of Thunder. One of those was Yaragath. Hmm, so. So Yaragath's gone. So is Moesco. But Gadrill and Farali. I assume there must be a large still. Well, that's no good. I'm probably not pleased either that we've killed Arankarites. No,
1: I imagine not.
0: We probably have a target on our
1: heads. (laughs) What's one more? Hmm. I thought we might have had a chance to kick back and relax after I defeated the dragon. Or, well, we defeated the dragon. But it seems we'll have to be careful going forwards. The cult of Talos may be looking for us.
0: No doubt. You said you wanted to warn Lylon of the threat of the Anchorites or the cult of Talos, but perhaps it's already too late. Those friends we met on the road, you know when you showed me the the morning pigeon? Yes, yes. They said there was rumours of undead there. Yes, you're right,
1: but I just imagined they may be undead, that's a creeping out of the mere of dead men as they usually do i i didn't think anything of the cult of Talos. i thought we may have destroyed them but no you may be right it might be connected
0: that moesco did seem a little pale yeah
1: yeah, yeah. past his sell by date
0: well anyway it wasn't too long after the anchorites warnings proved true or we got attacked by that damn dragon no no The night falls like a dark shroud over the ruins of ice by hold, a haunting silence prevailing over the crumbling fortress. The air is frigid, a testament to the desolation that surrounds the orcs who once called this place home. Suddenly, the tranquility shatters with the arrival of an adult ice dragon, its majestic form soaring through the starlit sky, the moonlight reflecting off its crystalline scales as it casts an otherworldly glow over the icy landscape. The dragon's arrival is swift and ominous, a harbinger of doom for the unprepared orcs. Its wings, like a canvas painted with frost, beat with a chilling gust as it descends upon the southern western section of Hold. The ancient stones groan and protest, unable to withstand the sheer force of the dragon's descent. The battle erupts with a roar that echoes throughout the mountains, as the dragon, living avalanche, crashes through the weakened wall. Orcs rouse from their slumber, scramble to arms. The defiant roars mingling with the dragon's icy bellow. Torches flicker wildly, casting eerie shadows on the icy ground, as the airborne predator unleashes chaos upon the orcish stronghold. The dragon's claws sharp as icicles tear through the orcish defenders as it descends upon the heart of the fortress, its movements a dance of destruction as the frozen wind carries the anguished cries of the orcs caught in its deadly embrace. The once mighty southwestern section of Ice-By-Hole now lays in ruins the dragon's crystalline form an ethereal wraith against the moonlit sky. Kra, the hulking chieftain rallies his kin his great axe gleaming with determination. Beside him Murkub stands steadfast his weapon ready to strike against the icy terror that threatens her home before the orcs charge forward as a wave of greenskin fury against the dragon's icy might. The dragon however is a master of the frozen tempest with a sweep of its tail it sends orcs flying like leaves in a winter gale. Its breath not a torrent of fire but a frigid blast encases orcs in ice before shattering them into icy fragments. The stone battlements are transformed into a frozen tableau of death as the dragon soars upwards leaving behind a scene of carnage. From the skies the dragon descends again, this time dropping orcs onto the battlements with ruthless precision. The unfortunate orcs once defenders now become unwitting weapons against their own king. The fortress echoes with the sounds of crashing bodies and shattering ice as the dragon orchestrates a macabre dance of death. Kra, undeterred, faces the dragon with unyielding bravery. His great axe cleaves through the frosty air, aiming for the heart of the icy menace. Murkub, alongside the other orcs, fight valiantly, their weapons clashing against scales as they try to stem the tide of destruction. Yet the dragon's ferocity knows no bounds, and retaliates with a sweep of its massive claw, sending Cross sprawling. Before he can rise, the dragon's jaws engulf him whole the frosty moor closing with a sickening crunch. Morkob, witnessing the demise of his chieftain, bellows with grief, his eyes locked on the dragon with a burning determination. As the dragon continues its onslaught, the surviving orcs battered and disheartened, break and begin to retreat as the dragon perches itself upon the fortress roof. It surveys its icy dominion below before letting out a ferocious roar in victory. The survivors whose once mighty fortress has now been claimed by the dragon flee through the snow-laden landscape Leaving behind the ruins of Ice by Hold. The dragon, in its crystalline form, a sinister silhouette against the night sky, unfurls its wings and takes flight once more as it circles its new lair.
1: Oh, wow, that. That. That's terrifying. The dragon took out almost a whole tribe of orcs. I'm starting to regret having asked you. To share your story. It'll be a matter of days before we encounter the dragon again.
0: We'll have to be better prepared than we were. Uh, it's no simple task. We need to come up with some sort of a plan. We can't just march in and face this dragon. Do you have any ideas, Murgub? You You've faced him already.
1: Any weaknesses that you may have noticed, or...
0: We couldn't put a scratch on him.
1: Hmm.
0: And again, we only had our crude orcish weapons. Didn't have this new shiny sword that I've got. Oh,
1: yes, that would do very well in a fight with a dragon.
0: I think we're going to have to try and keep him on the ground somehow. If he flags up with one of us in his claws. Hmm. We're done for. Yes.
1: Well, that's what the ballista is for, I gather.
0: Yeah, I'm keen to see how that works in action. Hmm,
1: I wonder how how long is left before they finish it. Two days, they said, but I hope they don't get delayed again.
0: Well, I hope not. That gnome that was showing it to us didn't seem to focus very well. Either once we kill off the dragon, I can't wait to explore the, the ruins of Ice Spyhold. I'm sure there's plenty of golden trinkets there to explore. Maybe some sort of sign of Durak Thrum. Well, I imagine any trinkets and gold
1: belong to the orcs. I don't imagine that Murkub will be very happy if we go pinching stuff.
0: Well, to be fair, we probably pinch it from somewhere.
1: <laughs> well, yes, I suppose.
0: Leilon or Fandolin, no doubt. Really? Hmm. You see Fabian sort of give you a side eye. Well, unfortunately, that was only our first taste of this ferocious beast. As if we hadn't suffered enough, came back to mock us and kick us when we were our lowest. ...after a defeat at the hands of Zeline and the bloody whereats at Mountain Toes Mine. In the dimly lit confines of a hidden cave, nestled in the craggy embrace of the Sword Mountains, Shella, the fierce female orc with the mane of untamed black hair, gathers her small band of warriors. The damp walls echo with the murmurs of the huddled orcs, as Shella unfolds her plan to claim Mountain Toes Mine. Listen well, my kin! Shella's voice reverberates through the cavern, carrying with it the determination born of adversity. Mountain Toe's mine was taken from us once, but by the blood of our fallen chieftain and our brothers and sisters, we shall take it back! The orcs, including Murkov and the stalwart Kul, whom Shu had met in the same cave just a day later, nod in silent agreement, their eyes gleaming with the fire of vengeance. The mine, once their new haven, having fled ice by hold had been snatched away by the treacherous were-rats led by Zelene. Shella, now their beacon of hope, outlines a daring plan to infiltrate the mine and drive out the rat-infested interlopers. As the orcs prepare for the impending assault, their weapons sharpened and spirits ignited. Shella rallies them with a fervent speech. We may be few, but the strength of the orcs lies not just in numbers, but in our indomitable will. Today we reclaim what is rightfully ours. For the fallen, for Kra!" For I spy hold. The band of orcs let out a guttural cheer as they ready themselves for battle. The orcs emerge from the shadows of the cave, their forms blending with the rocky landscape as they approach to the mountain toe's mine. The entrance eerily quiet, looms ahead. The darkness within concealing the lurking threat of the were-rats. Shella signals for silence. Her eyes narrowing as she scans the mine's exterior. Cool, MERCUB! with me. We enter swiftly and we strike with the element of surprise. The rest of you follow our lead and unleash the fury of the orcs upon these filthy rats! The orcish warband converges upon the entrance, stealthily navigating the rocky terrain. Shadows dance across the mine's entrance, and Shella, her senses honed by the years of survival, signals for the attack to commence. As the orcs breach the mine, the elements of surprise are short lived. Whereat sentinels, their eyes gleaming with malevolence, detect the intruders and sound the alarm. Chaos erupts within the mine as the two factions clash in a frenzied exchange of steel and fang. Shella, Kul and Murkub, at the forefront of the assault, push for the Werat ranks with a ferocity befitting their orcish heritage as they manage to cut through some swarms and giant rats. The mine echoes with a clash of weapons and the guttural roars of combat. The orcs press forward, determined to reclaim their territory, but the were fight with a cunning tenacity, darting in and out of the shadows, and protected by the immunity to steel that their curse affords them. In the midst of the tumult, the battle takes a dire turn. were emboldened by the leader Zeline coordinate their attacks with ruthless precision.
3: GAMBOYS!
0: <laughs> Zelene shouts. Three orcs, overwhelmed by the swarming rats, fall beneath a tide of fur and fang. The cavern walls seem to close in, as the air becomes thick with the acrid scent of battle. Shella, witnessing the loss of her kin, grits her teeth. Her eyes ablaze with a mixture of sorrow and yielding resolve. To me, orcs! We will not be felled by these vermin! Fight on! Yet as the whereats press their advantage, the orcs find themselves outnumbered and outmanoeuvred. Shella, her heart, heavy with the weight of defeat, makes a strategic decision. Retreat! Live to fight another day! We'll return and the mountain-toes mine will be ours again! With a reluctant nod, the surviving orcs, including Mulgob and Kull, disengage from the relentless onslaught. They retreat for the mine's entrance, their spirits wounded but unbroken. The were-rats victorious in this brutal clash, revel in their claim to the mine. The orcs battered and bloodied flee into the embrace of the surrounding mountains, leaving behind the echoing cries of battle. The retreating orcish warband descends down the mountainside. Shella curses their luck under her breath, her eyes scanning the darkened skies overhead. The moonlight reveals the glinting silhouette of the ice dragon. Its presence casting a menacing shadow over the retreating orcs. By the twist of fate! Shella shouts to her companions. First, the wearouts steal our home, and now this accursed dragon returns to feast on our misery. Keep moving!
3: Keep moving! To the cave!
0: The orcs quicken their pace, the urgency palpable in the air as the dragon, a crystalline terror looms overhead. The icy wind carries its distant roar as it descends with lethal grace. The air crackles with a frigid storm. The dragon's breath transforming the landscape into a frost laden battlefield. Some orcs are encased in ice, frozen in twisted poses of agony, whilst others are torn asunder by the sharp shards of the icy blast. Shella, Murkub, and Kul, mere moments from the sanctuary of their cave, according to the deadly onslaught. Shela shields herself with a thick, fur lined cloak as the dragon's breath engulfs her surroundings, the freezing cold biting into her skin, but she stands resilient. Murgobankul, similarly enduring the chilling onslaught, press forward with determined strides. The dragon, not content with mere breath, descends with a predatory grace, its massive wings casting shadows over the remnants of the orcish warband. With a swift motion, it snatches an unfortunate orc in its claws, the helpless victim struggling against the vice-like grip. Chella's eyes narrow with fury as she shouts a defiant challenge at the airborne menace.
3: No rest for the weary foul beast! We are orcs! We bow to none! The dragon,
0: unmoved by Shella's words, cruelly drops the captive orc from a great height. The unfortunate orc plummets like a stone, his screams carried away by the howling wind. The impact, when it comes, shakes the earth and leaves no doubt about the brutal fate that await those who defy the dragon's dominion. Only three orcs survive the dragon's assault. Shella, Murkub, and Kul, who flee through the dense tree line, their breath visible in the frigid air. The dragon, satisfied with its grim display, circles overhead, a silent sentinel in pursuit of its prey. The orcs, guided by their instinct for survival, reach the entrance of the cave. With heavy breaths and hearts pounding, they slip into the shadows, seeking refuge from both the dragon and the werats that now plague their existence. The cave's mouth envelops them in darkness, leaving behind the chaos outside. Shellas' eyes reflect the glow of a hardened resolve, as she turns to Murko and Kul. We stand together, despite the odds. In the dimness of the cave, the survivors catch their breath, knowing that the struggle for the new home is essentially over. The air within the rocky confines is heavy with the acrid scent of defeat. Yet the resilience of their orcish spirit persists, as the three warriors lick their wounds and engage in a heated discussion about their next course of action. Shella sits on a rough-hewn stone. She breaks the uneasy silence. We cannot endure more losses like today. mountain Toes mine is infested. And that damn dragon watches us from above like a vulture. We need allies. Murgub's silent presence resonating in the cave, observes the discussion with a stoic gaze, giving away little of his thoughts. Cool grunts in agreement.
1: Allies, yes, but those Anchorites. We've seen what their kind can bring. Promises of storms and thunder, yet they failed to save vice by a hold.
0: Murka breaks his silence. They offered us assistance, and Crow was disinterested. We should have heeded their warnings and joined forces. Chela's eyes narrow, her resolve unyielding. Then the Circle of Thunder is our best chance. Those anchorites say they wield the power of Talos. It has become clear that our strength alone won't be enough. We need the fury of the Stormer at our side. Let's join them. Let's help them summon the Thunderbore. Kull, his scepticism evident, snorts in disdain.
1: We rely on our own strength, Shella. These anchorites, they are not orcs, they are half-orcs, and the promise of assistance comes with their own agendas. What do we truly gain by joining
0: forces with them? Shella rises, her movements fluid despite the aches that linger from the day's battle. Agendas are not, we share a common enemy. The werats and that dragon threaten us all. We stand alone, we fall alone. Together, we could have a chance. The tension in the cave is palpable as the orcs grapple with the weight of their decisions. Murkov's allegiance clear but unspoken steps forward, placing a hand on Shella's shoulder in a silent show of support. call his brow furrowed, relents with a begrudging nod. Fine
1: Shella, we led head to the Circle of Thunder. But mark my words, if these anchorites prove false, you won't hesitate to show them the strength of the orcs.
0: That same day is when we first met you, Shrew. When you promised us to bring us the lean's head. <laughs> well, at least you did bring us a head in the end. Just the wrong one. Yes,
1: That uh, was truly unfortunate. Um, we shouldn't make light of of that terrible event, really. Uh, poor Dungeon. And Ancela, of course. But, but we did end up ridding the mines of the were-rats. it. Well, a very high cost to us all.
0: Yes. I wonder how poor Bernie's doing. Mm-hmm,
1: yes. I'm sure he's fine with Sister Garell. I imagine she wouldn't have turned her back on him in his time of need, you know. Once he's up and cured of the curse, I'm, I'm sure he's been able to build his life again. I hope, anyway. I imagine he might have been confused, after all that's happened...
0: Aye, uh... where well that poor Bernie, he's always been a little confused. You know, always on the... always on the drink. Mm, yeah, He I probably see. just thinks he's pretty hungover. Well, that's good
1: at least. Uh, maybe when we're done with this, we can join him for a drink. That
0: would be nice. Aye, I, I don't think you would last very long drinking with good old Bernie. Most of the time we have to end up carrying him between two dwarves. And we end up dragging him as if he's dead. And if he ever uh, invites you to his home, be careful, you'll be there all damn weekend. Well,
1: well, that sounds like, like a blast. I wouldn't mind spending a
0: weekend at Bernie's. Well, after Sheller's death, we took Shrew's stone of Sanding, and we headed off to the Circle of Thunder. You remember that? that alliance you promised? We were off to search for orcs who were willing to risk their lives to aid you in ridding the sword mountains of the dragon of Ispire Peak. The journey there was fraught with dangers as we made our way through the Neverwinter Woods. We spent some time there, getting a feel for the place, you know, before rallying a handful of orcs to our cause. We had to be careful, though. The prying eyes of the anchorites, they were everywhere. We had to wait for just the right moment, when they were excited with the newest prize. That elf cleric of Phandalin. The one that wanted true sausage.
1: <laughs> now, now! bit of respect goes a long way, and her, s- name, and her name, by the way, is Sister Gurell, not that elf cleric of Phandalin.
0: Of course, Murgub. Sister taken well. well, anyway, once we were from Shrew that we was almost at the circle, we knew we had to act. And so we made our way to a makeshift camp we'd been carefully preparing. A makeshift camp, nestled in the shadow of an ancient, hollowed-out tree, a relic of ancient times, stands sentinel in the moonlit glade towering branches reaching skyward like the spies of a forgotten elven citadel as it is bathed in the soft glow. Five orcs, led by Murkub, huddle together in low murmurs, the air tense with caution. Amongst them is Kul, his eyes flickering with a blend of wariness and anticipation. The distant rumble of thunder echoes the turmoil within the camp. Murkub's gaze scans the surroundings for any signs of unwelcome ears as he leans in to address his fellow conspirators. We've chosen a dangerous path, my brothers. Abandoning the Anchorites and the Circle of Thunder is not a decision to be taken lightly. Cool skepticism is etched on his weathered face as he grunts in agreement.
1: We know the risks, We Betraying the Anchorites will bring their wrath upon us. cannot afford to underestimate their power.
0: The other orcs' expressions are a mixture of resolve and trepidation as they nod in acknowledgement. Murkub continues. I've spoken with Shrew. He and his companions are just a few days away. We must wait for him to arrive before we make our move against the dragon. The tension in the air heightens as the orcs exchange glances. Kull leans in, his voice a low growl.
1: And what if the anchorites discover our absence before then? We'll be hunted like prey.
0: Murkob's eyes reflect the flickering campfire as he nods gravely. That's why we must be vigilant. The moment we left, they would have sensed it. We can't afford to underestimate their abilities. They will come looking for us. One of the orcs, a grizzled veteran with scars mapping his face, speaks up. We can't
2: just sit here waiting for anchorites to descend upon us. We need a plan, a way to slip away unnoticed.
0: Murgob, calculating the risks, agrees. We stay hidden, keep to the shadows. We move only under the cover of darkness, and we await Shrew's arrival. With his magic and the might of the orcs combined, we might stand a chance against this damn dragon. As the orcs continue their clandestine discussion, the hollowed out tree serves as both shelter and cloak for the covert plans. The night unfolds around them. The stars witnessing the careful plotting of the orcs determined to forge their own destiny. The distant howls of nocturnal creatures add a surreal backdrop to the tense conversation. In the shadows of uncertainty, Morkobish issues a final directive. Stay vigilant, the Anchorites will soon realise we've left, and when they come for us, we'll be ready. But until then, we wait for Shrew, for the dawn of a new alliance that may tip the scales in our favour. The night descends with an eerie calm as the orcs settle into the makeshift camp. The flickering flames of the campfire cast elongated shadows on the forest floor, creating a tapestry of light and darkness. As the orcs retreat to their bedrolls. one lone sentinel armed with a crude spear takes his position on watch. Murkub, his senses keen despite the weariness that lingers from the day's struggles, surveys the perimeter of the camp. Little does he know that a new threat lurks beneath the earth. The ground trembles beneath the lone orc's feet as massive mandibles breach the surface. Ankegs, fearsome creatures with chitinous exoskeletons and segmented bodies emerge from the depths. Each ankeg is a monstrous amalgamation of insectoid limbs, their churning mandibles dripping with acidic saliva. The sudden onslaught catches the orcs off guard. Panic ensues as the camp erupts into chaos. Shouts of alarm pierce the night as the orcs scramble to gather their weapons. Believing that the anchorites have unleashed their monstrous pets upon them, the campfire's glow reflects a terror in their eyes as they face the unexpected assault.
1: Defend yourselves! Anchorite tricks! Ready your weapons!
0: Kul roars, rallying his comrades. The forest is transformed into a battleground as the orcs clash with the ancakes, The air resounds with the clash of steel against Chitin and the guttural cries of combat. The monstrous insects lash out with their acidic spray, dissolving armor and flesh alike. Murgub fights with grim determination. His weapon strikes true, but the ancake seems undeterred. The orcs fight for their lives. The once calm night air echoes with the chaos of a brutal struggle. Amidst the frenzy, Murgub sees his fellow orcs succumbing to the relentless assault. Panic-stricken shouts blend with the chittering of the Ankhegs, creating a symphony of terror. In the heart of the maelstrom, Morkob feels a searing pain as the acidic spray of an Ankheg scores a deep wound across his shoulder. As the last orc falls to the Ankhegs, Murkov realizes the dire situation and he makes a split second decision. He abandons the immediate battleground, retreating deep into the woods. The Ankhegs are feasting on the corpses of the orcs and do not give pursuit. The night swallows Murkub whole as he darts for the underbrush, wounded but determined to survive. The chaotic sounds of the battle fade into the distance, leaving Murkub alone in the darkness. When the silence descends once more, Murkub, battered and bloodied, leans against a tree, gasping for breath as the forest conceals him. And that's when I met Shroop for the second time. And joined his shrubberies to take on the anchorites and stop the summoning of the Thunderbore. If <laughs> you hadn't arrived when you did, I would have been a gunner, mate. Ah, oh, yes. It's a good thing I spotted
1: those orcs running in your direction, attempting to finish you off. It's a shame that Cool and the others didn't make it, though. We could have had bigger numbers to defeat the dragon. Why, oh, yeah. Cool and the gang would have been great to have around. Yes but their sacrifices shall not be in vain, Murkov. We will kill this damned dragon and avenge them. I know abandoning the Anchorites must have been hard for you, and i thank you for your alliance if I hadn't done so already. Gladly time has showed you were in the right when joining us, as we quelled the threat of the Anchorites. Or at least most of them. And in a few days time will show that you are right again in allying with us when we defeat the dragon and return the orcs to their rightful place atop the throne of the Icepire Peak.
0: And I think that's where we're going to call it a session. Hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode, as we've now heard the last of Shrew Shrubbery's tales. Next week, we'll get back to playing our usual role-playing sessions and continuing the final arc, as Shrew and his Shrubberies make their way up to Icepire Peak and to face off against the dragon. And for
1: those of you who are members in Buy Me a Coffee... Next week we will also pick up with the Into the Studio episodes, those are the short episodes where we go over the sessions we play. We have been in a small break for a while, as you may have realised, but don't worry, we'll pick it up and we'll talk about all the sessions we've missed. If you fancy listening to those, make sure to head to i2td.com where you'll find all our links, one of them being the Buy Me A Coffee link, it'll take you there and you can become a member and get those behind-the-scenes exclusive little podcast episodes that we
0: produce. And whilst you're there, why not visit our shop as well, where you can purchase a potion or some weapons or items that can be used in-game. It's a chance for you to become a part of the stories we tell, as your item will appear in-game and directly aid Shrew and his shrubberies.
1: But if you don't want to buy any items or become a member, don't worry, you can still help us out. If you like our stuff... Comment, share, rate in your podcast player of choice. All of that helps us tremendously, and we are truly grateful for it. That we are.
0: And so this brings us on to the end of the episode club.
1: The last one standing, where we'll give you a password. What do you do with a password?
0: You put it in a comment.
1: That's right. It's straightforward, and you should know by now. As we always say, we're episode 72 already. Anyway, what's today's password, Nick?
0: Today's password, Al... Is ice to know you. Ice to know you. That's correct. Ice to know you because we've now got to know all of Shrew shrubberies. Yeah, a bit more
1: intimately than before. We know a bit of, about their pasts.
0: Certainly more intimate with Dazzle and Norbus.
1: For sure. But that kind of gives us more of a connection to them, to all Shrew shrubberies. You know, makes us feel sorry for them if they do end up dying.
0: Are you saying you don't feel sorry for Donjon?
1: Well, we don't have his backstory. Maybe <laughs> maybe we need to add an extra one after the fight is over.
0: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one left to tell it.
1: Yeah, it's true. Anyway, well, poor Donjon. He didn't have family, next of kin, friends.
0: He might do, but he had just arrived in Phandalin, so... Well, let
1: us know if you want a backstory of poor old Donjon.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for that.
1: No worries. Anyway, that's the password. Put in a comment and we'll choose a... Best one, or the one we think is the best one in that particular week, and you will become El Quillo Masfrada.
0: El Quillo Masfrada.
1: Yes, and your comment will go onto Discord.
0: I think that's all that's left to be said for tonight. Yes. Other than to say thank you once again, and that we hope you join us next time as we delve into, into the dungeon. dungeon.
2: Circle of Thunder is a force to be reckoned with. Abandon, Ice spy a hold, and join us in the Neverwinter Woods. There, at the Circleridge, all right, Poperton.
0: All right, mate. All right, mate. <coughs> all right, mate. Two alien ridden the mountain, <laughs> we await true survival. True survival.